At first, it was just one sheep per day. But as the deadly dragon grew more powerful, he demanded more and more. Soon it was the people of Silene themselves, so intense was his insatiable hunger, his desperate desire for more and more. Until, until one day a courageous knight named George agrees to confront the dragon. After a long and bloody battle, George finally defeats the cruel beast, saves the princess, and rescues the town. With what weapon did George slay the dragon? A spear? A lance? A sword? Maybe, just maybe, the dragon was slain by love. Welcome to Slain by Love, your weekly sermon podcast from the pulpit of St. George's Episcopal Church in Austin, Texas. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Y'all, please be seated and good morning. Hallelujah, Christ is risen. In the year 2021, I read an amazing book, uh, an amazing book in 2021. The title of the book is Indistractable, Indistractable, How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. How to Control Your Attention and Choose Your Life. The book got rave reviews, for example, Ariana Huffington, the founder, founder of the Huffington Post, says this about the book, quote, this is the best guide I've read for reclaiming our attention, our attention, our focus, and our lives. Attention. In this internet culture in which we live, attention is a pressing issue. Economists nowadays speak of the attention economy in which literally everything that your eyes look at on your phone, on your smart TV, on your screens, literally everything your eyes focus on is the way that publicly traded corporations make their profits. Attention. St. Paul has a thing or two this morning to say about attention which is why on this Easter Sunday morning, he says what he says in Colossians 3, set your mind, he says in verse 2, set your mind on the things above. Don't give your attention, Paul is telling us, to quote the things that are on the earth. Instead, he says, focus your attention, focus your mind on the things that are in heaven, the things that are, that are above. Pay attention, he says, to Christ in heaven. Set your mind on heavenly things. Now, I don't know about you, but I think that for many folks, that might sound a little problematic. It might sound a little misguided, a little off base. I mean, have you ever heard the saying, your thoughts are so heavenly that you are of no earthly use? Ever heard that? Your thoughts are so heavenly that you are of no earthly use. Is that how we should regard St. Paul? So heavenly that he's of no earthly good? Is that how he's encouraging us to be? Well, I think it would be 
were it not for one little word, one little word, one syllable, one little word in the very next verse, and that is the word died. D-I-E-D, died. Verse 3 of Colossians 3, you, Paul says, have died. You have died. Huh? What's Paul getting at there? Don't forget, he tells us, that you have died. See, Paul is reminding us of our death. Death. But wait, is that, is that something that we should be thinking about on Easter Sunday? Should we be thinking about death? I mean, should we be giving our attention to the grave, to the tomb? I mean, we've been thinking about death and darkness, dark stuff all throughout Lent, and especially in Holy Week. It seems like today of all days, we deserve, surely we deserve a break. Well, apparently St. John disagrees. I mean, think about today's gospel lesson from John chapter 20. John is focusing our attention, there's that word again, John is focusing our attention on the grave. He's focusing our minds on the tomb. In those 18 verses from John, we hear the word tomb nine times. And it's not that John is merely mentioning the tomb, no. All three of those main characters in that story, Mary Magdalene, Peter, and the beloved disciple, a.k.a. John, all three of them are going into the tomb. It's as if John wants us to follow them. It's as if John wants us, too, to go into the tomb as well. As Peter enters into the tomb first and sees those linen wrappings and the headcloth of Jesus, we, too, are entering the tomb, we are seeing those garments as well. As John follows Peter into the tomb that first Easter morning, as John sees and believes, so also we are following him. And as Mary trepidly, nervously, in all of her weakness, as she bends over to peer inside of the tomb as she sees and glimpses on the inside. John wants us to see what Mary sees, to feel what Mary feels. You see, like Paul, John wants us to give our attention not only, not only to the things that are in heaven above, that's what he explicitly says, right? But he wants to, us to give our attention not only to the things that are in heaven above, but also to the things that are under the earth that are under the earth, that one thing that is under the earth below, the grave, the tomb, death itself. Why? Why are these biblical writers reminding us of death on Easter Sunday of all days? The first reason, dear friends, is that there is no resurrection life without death. There is no resurrection life without death. The life that Jesus has when he bursts out of the grave that first Easter morning, that life is not simply biological life. It's a different kind of life. And it is the life that the New Testament calls zoe life. Let me hear you say zoe. 
Now, zoe life is not less than biological life. It's infinitely more. It's infinitely more, but it's qualitatively different, which is why the risen Christ in the gospel stories is so utterly strange, is he not? I mean, he's able to walk through walls. He's able to travel huge distances in the blink of an eye. He is so strange in his appearance that it's difficult for his disciples to recognize him. In Luke 24, on the road to Emmaus, they don't recognize him. And here in John 20, Mary initially does not recognize him. Why not? It's because the life by virtue of which the living Christ, the risen Christ, is alive is not merely biological life. It's Zoe life. It's Zoe life. And what I'm saying to you this morning is that there is no such thing as that kind of life, real life. Divine life, Easter life, no such thing as that kind of life without death. St. Paul knows this. That's why he reminds us, you've died and your life is hidden with Christ in God. Again, he tells us, all of those who've trusted in Christ and even people this morning who maybe want to trust in Christ. Maybe even people this morning who wish that they could trust in Christ. He looks at us and he says, you have died. Such a strange message on Easter morning. Such a strange reminder on this day of resurrection. Strange, yes. Paradoxical, yes. But absolutely correct absolutely crucial. That word crucial, by the way, is rooted in the, in the Latin word crux, which means cross, the kind of cross that we see behind the altar, and more importantly today, the kind of cross that's going to be decked and covered in beautiful flowers by our little ones this morning. This message is crucial. Why? Because there is no true life without death. There is no true light without darkness, no victory without defeat, no true strength without weakness. It's like the yin-yang. You can't have one without the other, right? That's why uh, contained in, that's why the yin is contained in the yang, which is why you have that black dot in the white area. And the yang is contained in the, in the yin, which is why you have that white dot in the black area. See, the paschal mystery, the death and resurrection of Christ, it is like the yin-yang. It is also like a lichen, a lichen composed of two parts, two organisms, uh, an amoeba, I think. Wait, no, a fungus and an algae, a fungus and an algae. And guess what? If the fungus dies, guess what? The algae dies. And if the algae dies... The fungus dies. You can't have one without the other. They're woven together, connected together, inextricably bound together. See, that is how it is with death and resurrection. The death of Christ and the Zoe life of Christ. They stand or fall together. You cannot have one without the other. They're woven together, connected together. The name for this connection the Paschal mystery. The Paschal mystery, it's like, a, it's like a math equation, a very simple math equation. 
The death of Christ plus the resurrection of Christ equals the Paschal mystery. The death of Christ, the resurrection of Christ equals the Paschal mystery. So why on Easter of all days do both Paul and John remind us of death? That's why. That's why, dear friends, you can't have real, true, indestructible life without death. You cannot have the one without the other. So remember that you have died. Maybe in Lent, you took on a spiritual discipline that felt like death. Christians remember their death in every season, every month, every day of their lives. We embrace death. We practice death. We rejoice in death. Why? It sounds so weird. Why? Because you cannot have real, true, indestructible life without it. That's why. If you belong to Christ, then to quote the Bach cantata, you have ein Fuß im Graba. Ein Fuß im Graba. One foot in the grave. Are you a Christian this morning? Do you even want to be a Christian this morning? Then you have one foot, Paul reminds us, one foot in the grave. Ich stehe mit einem Fuß in Graba. Why did John and Paul point us toward death today? There's another reason, and it's this. They're both mystics. They both understand that the way of Christ is the mystical life. Both Paul and John are mystics, and I want to remind you on this day that the Christian life is mystical. How do I know? Verse 4 of Colossians 3, the next verse, the last verse, verse 4 of Colossians 3, Paul says this, when Christ is revealed, you will be revealed in glory. I want you to mentally circle that word glory. You will be revealed in glory. Paul is reminding us of our destiny, our divine destiny. See, only mystics talk that way. You will be revealed, we will be revealed in glory. Only mystics talk that way. One day, the Zoe life of Christ that's coursing through his resurrection body, one day that Zoe life will be fully ours as well. I'm reminded of what C.S. Lewis says somewhere, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit. He says, look to the person on your left. Look to the person on your right. Now, they might be dressed out to the nines because it's Easter Sunday, and they might be looking pretty good today, and many of you are looking very beautiful this morning, I do admit it, but look at the person on your left. Look at the person on your right. They might have some wrinkles. They might leave much to be desired, but just imagine what they will be like. Just imagine what they will look like one day in heaven, they will be so beautiful, so strong, so glorious, C.S. Lewis says, that if you could see them now as they will be then, guess what? You'd be tempted to fall down and worship them. Do you see? Glory. I'm reminded also of a quote by St. Irenaeus. The glory of God is the human being fully alive. Do you realize that this is what the Christian life is about? The glory of God is the human being fully alive. See, that's mystical language. 
Easter is not just about the resurrection of Christ that happened 2,000 years ago. No, it's about our resurrection ourselves. You also, Paul says, will be revealed with him in glory. I want to close like this. I don't know if you've ever heard the name Joni Erickson Tata. When she was 18 years old, she was in a tragic accident, a tragic accident, and ever since, she's been a quadriplegic, paralyzed from the neck down. She has to go to church in a wheelchair. Everywhere she goes, it's in a wheelchair, including church, and when she was still trying to come to grips with this horrible accident, she would go to church, and guess what? She was Episcopalian. Now, the problem with being an Episcopalian and being in a wheelchair, she found, was all the kneeling. Oh, my gosh. Most of us know that Episcopalians like to kneel and stand and sit and kneel and stand, but Joni could not do all of that. And so every time she would stand or kneel, every time the service would come to that plot, that place where you're supposed to stand or kneel, tears would begin to roll down her cheeks. On one Easter Sunday, when the point came in the service when she was supposed to kneel, but she couldn't, she was praying the prayer that everyone else was praying, and suddenly it hit her, and in her book, she writes this, quote, I suddenly realized, I suddenly realized that when I get to go to the wedding feast of the Lamb, when I get to go to the wedding feast of the Lamb, the first thing I'm going to be able to do on my resurrection legs is to drop down on grateful, glorified knees and kneel quietly before the feet of Jesus. But then, she says, but then I'm going to get up on my feet and I'm going to dance. Can you imagine, she writes, can you imagine the hope that the resurrection gives someone whose spinal cord has been destroyed like me? Can you imagine the hope that this gives someone who is manic depressive or struggling with any other kind of mental or physical issue, close quote? Dear friends, what a hope indeed. Paul's name for this hope, Paul's name for this dance is glory. Colossians 3, 4. When Christ, who is your life, is revealed you also will be revealed in glory. Zoe life, Easter life, indestructible life, not just for Christ, but also for us. That is the Easter message. But don't forget, it comes only through death. So don't set your mind on the things of the earth. Instead, give your attention to the things above the earth where Christ is, and to that one thing below the earth, the grave, the tomb, the death of Christ. Yes, the tomb is empty, but dear friends, it was necessary. It was necessary for Easter. Don't forget Zoe life, real life. It comes only through death. Happy Easter. In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen.
Thanks for joining us at the pulpit of St. George's Austin, where the love of God in Christ slays our enemies, our fears, our guilt, our worries. How are they slain? Only by love. Special thanks to the good folks of St. George's and especially to that masterful media guru, Liam Dolan Henderson. See you next week. Peace and be well.